gone out this morning. Um, Bonnie's got the younger ones, I do believe. Yep. And who's got the... Oh, Matabelle. Matabelle's got the older ones. So if you want to go out, don't forget, with the, with the younger ones, if you need to sign your children in, please do that. Yep. That's it. I reckon we're good. Where's all the kids? There they are. <laughs> Malachi wants to stay or he wants to go? <laughs> Okay. Oh, I don't know. He might want mummy. Don't you love it when they go through that mummy phase? No one else ever had that? You, oh, we all, we all have gone through that. Okay. There'll be a daddy phase eventually. Maybe. Well, normally with the boys, there was a daddy phase. We had a daddy phase. My daughter. We, just, we have daddy dates, don't we? Hey, I want to bring this word to you this morning uh, on faith and perseverance. You know, I read a quote during the week that faith will make you look stupid until it starts to rain. Signed, Noah. It's true, isn't it? Can you imagine everyone looking at Noah? What he was doing? Can you imagine that? Faith can make you look really stupid. Until. It's true. So, Father, as we come to your word today, we thank you that your word is living and active. We thank you for your logos word, your written word, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we thank you for your rema word. We thank you that you take your word, and by your spirit, you make it alive and real to us today. And, Lord, today, Lord, we, we just say, Lord, have your way in us. We want, Lord, that our hearts would be like good soil, that our hearts would be like good soil, be good soil that we would receive and it would produce a crop 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold in Jesus' name. Amen? This is, to me, this is one of these words where, you know, sometimes when I'm preparing in terms of um, speaking, sometimes God shows me stuff two or three weeks out. Sometimes he shows me stuff two or three days before. But for me, this one, it was actually something that, for me, was a bit of a sum-up of 2020. I really feel God wanted to speak to us about 2020, and I really feel that God wants to encourage us today. Hands up, who needs encouragement? Yeah, I do. You know, um, probably in, through different stages of 2020 was probably some of the heightened senses of discouragement that I've actually felt in the last four or five years. There's probably been times of discouragement that's happened this year that hasn't happened in 19, 18, 17 and 16. And so many people that I speak to have encountered some sort of battle, some sort of trial, discouragement, 
Hands up if that's you. Yeah, so it's really most of us, if not all of us. A few weeks back, the Lord highlighted to me Hebrews 6.12, which says, through faith and perseverance, or some translations say patience. Patience is perseverance. Perseverance is patience. We inherit the promises of God. Do we get that? Through faith and perseverance, we inherit the promises of God. And, I, and at the time, I thought, yep, that's it. We, we stand. We just keep standing. You know, Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 6, after you've done everything else, just stand. Everything else. When you've done everything else you can think of, and when you've done everything you believe God wants you to do, you just stand. And that's a position of trust. And it's a position of, of faith. Because you can just stand. And I was thinking that, you know, 2020 has been such a hard year. It's been such a tiring year for many, if not all of us, in so many different ways. There's been so much stuff that has happened at a, lo- at a personal level, at a local level, at a national level, and at a world level. I've seen some stuff because of certain things that I don't really like to speak of, but that's that word that starts with C-O-V-I-D. You know, we've seen some stuff happen in the nation and in the nations. And when Katie was here a few weeks ago, do you remember the word that she brought us on the Sunday? Well, she brought it on the Saturday, but then she reinforced it on the Sunday. Battle-weary warriors. Do you remember that? Battle-weary warriors. And I went, man, that is just so it. So it. There's some things that, that people are believing for that haven't happened yet. There's some plans that people had for 2020 that couldn't occur. And so I really believe that God wants to speak to us today. In the midst of that, and He wants to encourage us through his word today. Is there an amen? So it comes from Nehemiah chapter 4. That's where I'm heading to today. Nehemiah 4. If we go through the, the first few verses, which is not what I'm focusing on, not what the Lord was highlighting, but, you know, they started to rebuild the wall. Do we know the story of Nehemiah? The people of God building the wall. Yep, we understand that. When Sanballat and the others heard that they were doing that, they became furious. You know, when, when the people of God start to make good decisions, when the people of God start to trust God, when the people of God start to get a faith that says, you know what, we believe that things can change, the enemy starts to get a bit furious because he doesn't like it. So this is what happened. And they started, you know, throw, throwing insults at them, like, what are these pathetic Jews doing? Man, that's pretty in your face, isn't it? What are these pathetic Jews doing? Can they restore it by themselves? They're going to offer sacrifices. Will, will they ever finish it? There was just torment, torment, torment. Lies, 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 all sent to divide, deceive, and discourage. And that's what the enemy seeks to do, to divide, deceive, and discourage. 
So anyway, I'm, turning, I'm going to start at verse 6 today. This is what the Lord was showing me, and I really believe it speaks to us today if we grab hold of it. So it says that we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had the will to keep working. So something had started. Something had started. They had a vision from God. Nehemiah led it, gathered the people together. The vision came forth. But something had started. There was a belief that they could rebuild this wall. Amen? There was faith that took hold that they could rebuild this wall. And so it says here, they had the will to work. And often when we start something, we have the will to work, don't we? If we're starting out a new venture, we're starting out a new business, we're starting out a new opportunity, we start something new, we have the will to work. We have the will for that, do we? We have the will. We get encouraged, we get excited about something, and we have the will, and we want to get involved in that. Relationships can even be a bit like that. You strike a new friendship, a relationship, and you're like, yeah, and you have the will. Hey, let's catch up. Do you want to catch up again? Do you want to catch up? But then something happens in, with time. So there, there was a battle that was going on as they were re, re, trying to rebuild this wall. And then we read in verse 7. When Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashadites heard that the repair to the walls of Jerusalem was progressing... So it was in the midst of it, and the gaps were being closed. That is, the gaps in the wall, the final gaps that were in the wall were about to be closed. Do we hear that today? When the final gaps were beginning to being closed, the enemy kind of like heats it up again because he thinks, man, if these gaps get closed, there is no entry point. If there is no gap in your relationship with somebody else, there is no entry point. If there is no gap in your relationship with God, there is no entry point. Are you hearing God today? Are you hearing what he's saying? Close the gaps. Get rid of any unforgiveness. Get rid of anything. You know, have healed and whole relationships with one another. Love one another the way that God loves us. Close those gaps up. Give stuff to God. Remember when they came to Jesus and said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven? Seven times seven. Seventy, that's what I said. Sorry, didn't hear me. When the gaps were being closed, they became furious. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. We need love. We need humility. We need honour. We need forgiveness. The enemy at all times wants to discourage. He wants to deceive. And he wants to divide. None of that comes from God. But there's a vision here, isn't there? There's a vision here of something that could be accomplished. And it was bigger than what anyone believed it could be. That we could rebuild this wall in 52 days? How is that even possible? You see, God's visions are always bigger. 
God's visions are always bigger. Why? Because it means that it can only be Him. And He's just looking for willing people that are willing to work with Him. But it's Him. You can't rebuild that wall in 52 days. Humanly speaking, God enabled them. God kept them. When we look at Bundaberg today, can we, can we believe that 10% of this city could be saved? 20% of this city. Do we believe that drugs would have no place here anymore? Do we believe that the crime rate would drop? Do we believe that the abuse level would, would just disappear? Do we believe that addictions would be broken? Do we believe that families would be restored? Can we believe these things? It's a big vision. And only God can do it. He's looking for some people who are willing. The vision was big to rebuild the wall. And the enemy was coming hard because he knew that the gaps were being closed. And so this is what Nehemiah did. So we prayed to God and we stationed a guard because of them day and night. Now that, for us, that's a position of prayer. That we are stationed day and night, watching and praying. That's what Jesus said, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. Prayer is so important. In verse 10 we read, this is what was being said. In Judah it was said, the strength of the laborer fails because there is too much rubble. We will never be able to rebuild the wall. Do we hear what happened? So the enemy was in the ear going, you can't do that. That'll never happen. You just, it's not going to take place. And, and, and some started to listen. Because this is not the enemy saying this. Because it says, The strength of the labor fails since there's so much rubble. We will never be able to rebuild the wall. The lies of the enemy were at, 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 that eventually some started to believe we'll never be able to do that. That's why we need to strengthen ourselves in God. That's why we need to have a brother or sister that stand with us. That's why when the enemy starts to come speaking lies, we just need to, we actually need to speak truth in Jesus' name. Yeah? You with me? We're on the journey? Okay. Our enemies said they won't realize it until we're among them. Isn't that interesting? Until we're among them. If the enemy can't do something from the outside, guess what he'll try and do? He'll put someone on the inside. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. When the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us time and time again, everywhere you turn, they, they attack us. So I stationed people behind the lowest sections of the wall at the most vulnerable areas. I stationed them by families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. We're not talking bricks and mortar now, are we? We're talking people. Gather around as people, by families. Gather around people that are struggling. Gather around people that may be at their most vulnerable. Gather around them. Gather around one another. It's a New Testament principle. Do the one another's, Amen. Sometimes we need reinforcements. Sometimes we need a brother or a sister. 
to stand beside us and reinforce what God has said. And I think we all need that. Yeah? There's only so far that we can go with our, in our will. We need God. In verse 14, after I made inspections, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord and fight for your countrymen, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. That is such an inspiring thing to say. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't don't be afraid of the things that he tries to sling at you. Don't be afraid of those things. Instead, instead, remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord. Put your focus on him. Remember the things that he has done. Remember his promises are yes and amen. Remember that he is faithful to uh, to finish what he's done. Remember God. And if you need to get back into Scripture, get back into Scripture and read some of the accounts of the amazing things that our God has done. And we say, if not, if He did it then, why can't He do it now? And fight for your countrymen, your sons and daughters, your wives and your homes. Obviously, we're not talking about flesh and blood here. (laughs) We stand We stand in faith. The weapons of our warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. The battles in our mind, the things that rage in our mind. And we pull them down and we make it obedient to Christ in Jesus' name. We resist the lies of the enemy and we speak the truth of God. We're a people that understand, of, you know, that, that, as I said before in Ephesians 6, that we stand and we continue to stand. Think about Elijah with the small cloud on the, on the horizon. As I said, faith, faith makes you look stupid until. Think of all the times in Scripture where someone stood in faith and everyone thought, man, they've just lost it. They have just lost it. That is not going to happen. That is not possible. But they believed in the one who is greater. Amen. God is wanting to create a perseverance in us. Do we realize that? You know, when someone wants to get uh, core strength in their bodies, they do what they call resistance training. Or it's one of the things they do. Resistance training. It's in the resistance that your core and your strength and your muscle fibers become strong. It's in the resistance. And so sometimes we're like, no, God, I didn't know, you know. But it's like, I want him to create a perseverance in you. I want him to create a perseverance because you need faith and perseverance. You can't separate them. I'm wanting to create a perseverance in you. God is wanting to do something in us. In James 1. Let me turn there. James 1, we read these words. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters. Don't you love it when James says that? Anybody? Whenever you experience various trials, 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance, and let perseverance have its full effect on you, so that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. Have you ever had, had a relationship in your life where, like, you like had a friendship? I'm thinking of a friend who is a really good friend. And, you know, we, our families hung out a bit together. We spent a bit of time together and stuff. But then there was an issue that happened. Have you ever had one of them? Between a relationship, family, friends? You know, two things can happen. You either split and you never see each other again, or you persevere. Because love perseveres. Amen? Love is patient. Love is perseveres. We went through a little period of some stuff where he wouldn't speak to me. In fact, he was saying a lot of stuff about me that wasn't true. But we stood in the promises of God and we believed that they were good friends of ours because they always had been. And then breakthrough came. And you know what happened in our relationship? It went deeper. It went to another level. I remember having a chat with him and going, you know what, you really are a good friend. He actually felt that he found someone he could trust. Sometimes in the battle we wonder what God is doing. But, I, but my antenna goes up and, and says, you know, where there's a battle, there's a good thing on the other side. And the enemy just wants us to withdraw from it. But I always believe there's something good on the other side. It says in James, you continue to go, Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Amen? You know, that verse gets plucked out and used for all kinds of things. You know, if you're lacking wisdom, ask God. But in the context of it, in the midst of the trial, ask for wisdom. And you know, that's what Nehemiah did. Nehemiah was a man of faith and Nehemiah was a man of prayer. And whenever he was faced with something, he would ask God. And he would get the wisdom from God that was needed. And the wisdom is the correct application of knowledge and it equals breakthrough. So James is saying to us that if you're going through something that's testing your faith, if you're going through something that's, you know, that's a trial, ask God. And ask God for wisdom. That he would lead you and guide you. Amen? In Hebrews 11, we read this. Now, faith is the reality of what is hopeful, the proof of what is not seen. If we read the verses before, because there was no chapter, we don't just kind of stop reading. Read the verses before we read this, and it brings it into context. So don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. We get that? Don't throw away, just because there's a battle, just because there's a trial, just because there's something going on, don't throw away your confidence which has a great reward. For you need endurance so that after you have done God's will, you may receive what was promised. For yet in a little while, the coming one will, will come and he will not delay. My righteous one will live by faith. But we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. Someone once told me years and years ago, do not doubt in the darkness what you heard in the light. 
Do not doubt in the darkness what you heard in the light. When you're in that place with God where you know, you know God said that. And you know God confirmed that. And you know, you know, you know. But then you go through something and you go, I just, I just can't see it. And the enemy would try to feed lies. He'd try to feed stuff into you. And then, and then the battle is, do I believe that? Do I believe God? What am I believing? Don't doubt in the darkness what you heard in the light. When God gives you something, hold on to it. Stand in it. Trust God all the way. As I said at the start, you know, 2020 has been a hard year. It's been a tiring year. There's been so much going on. There's been so much stuff happening in the airwaves. I tend to not listen to a lot of prophecy stuff from the other side of the world because there's so much of it out there. I just say, God, I just need to hear what you're saying for us. The world is too big for me to try and solve its problems. I live here in Bundaberg. You've placed me here and I know that and I need to know your word. I need to know your heart for this city and this region. Amen. What, but what has God been doing in you? If we take the perseverance side, when you go through battles, when you go through trials, when you go through stuff and you continue to stand, you continue to persevere, what has God been doing in you? And sometimes you don't realise that. Sometimes you don't realise what God has been doing in you. It is other people that can see what God is doing in you. Amen? I have seen people go through stuff. Even in this room today. And they are not who they were. They have grown in God. They have grown in God. They have been strengthened in God. They are standing in God like they've never stood before. And I think that's part of the encouraging one another. When you see what God has been doing and you go up to that person and you encourage them and say, this is what I see God's been doing in your life. It brings such encouragement. Amen? I'm believing that 2021, next year is a year of engagement, not in terms of Engagement, because I'm already married. I could be cheeky and say I've got a son in there, but then Liz is over there, so we might not want to talk about that. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but I'm talking about engagement in, to in terms of engaging in the community in ways that we not yet have. Engaging in ministries and engaging in opportunities that we have not yet so done. That's what I'm believing for. I'm believing that God is the one that opens doors that no one else can open as he shuts doors that no one else could shut. Isaiah 22, 22. And I believe that we're going to start to see some open doors and God is looking for us to step through them. He opens them, he makes the way and we just need to step into them. And I think that God has been doing more in you than what you realise because you're going to need that for when you step through those doors. And if you'd step through those doors without the faith and the perseverance and the stuff that God has been placed in you, you wouldn't have been able to handle some of the stuff that's going to open before you. I believe that there are open doors coming for you know, individuals, but collectively, not just for us, but for the church in this city and this region. And I believe we've got to be ready to step into that. You know, there's a carols, I might as well say it today, it's going to be released next week anyway. 
There's a carols. We've, uh, we, we are joining with Living Word and the Church of Nazarene to do a carols at Alexandra Park on the 19th of December. You know, the council, um, the, the council canceled their carols. The Christmas pageant got canceled. There's all these things got canceled. And I said, you know what, as the, as the, as the people of God, we need to step into that breach. So we've stepped into that breach and we can have up to 1,500 people, which would be awesome. And you know what? Because we're doing it, we put Jesus back in the center of it. I know Jesus wasn't born on the 25th of December. I, I know that. But you know what? It is a great opportunity pre to present Jesus to a city and a region that so desperately needs to know who he is. And we have an opportunity. There are, there are doors that are going to open. But this is my prayer today. I was saying, God, how do you want me to finish that? I, I hope those verses from Nehemiah have spoken to you. I hope the Holy Spirit has taken those verses and he is making them very, very real to you. Or maybe it's just me. No? We got some? We got Okay, good. I want to make sure I'm trying to pass on. You know, it's really hard sometimes when you get something from God to pass it on. It's actually not that easy. Because you, just, because you need to get your stuff out of the way as much as you can just to say, this is, what, this is what God's saying. But this is my prayer today. For, I'll just say for every single one of us, because we've all had a battle, we've all had a trial, we've all been weary, we've all felt discouragement. Psalm 84. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. That is God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Do we get that? We keep going on, and 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 we keep going on. It's a journey. It's a pilgrimage. There's a destination. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which also is the valley of weeping, tears, the valley of tears, when you go through that place, they make it a source of spring water. Something happens in that place. The place of tears and, and, and sorrow gets turned into, into a place of spring. This is my prayer for us today. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. And they will go from strength to strength until each appears before God in Zion. This verse is saying to us today, put your eyes on him and keep your eyes on him and encourage your brother or sister to keep their eyes on Jesus. Amen? That this is a pilgrimage. This is a journey. We're strangers. We're aliens. We're passing through. But God has us on a journey. And the journey is from glory to glory. And as we pass through, that's what it says, as they pass through. You know, I've met so many Christians over my walk, and some of you are a lot more mature than me in age, who have had a wilderness season, but then they stayed there. You know, the wilderness is a biblical place. 
but you go through it. You were never, ever meant to remain in it. The wilderness is not a place to remain. I'm so, and what I mean by that is I've seen Christians disengage from friendships and relationships and, and the body of Christ and stuff, and they've just remained there. 20 years later, 30 years later, they've just stayed there. Instead of going through that place and giving everything they need to give to God and just reconnect with God, then to re-engage, they stay there. The wilderness was never, ever meant to be a place where you stay. So as you pass through stuff, as you pass through the valley, as you pass through the weeping, as you pass through the tears, as you pass through the trials, that God is going to turn it around and he's going to make it a source of spring water. God does that. It's the ministry of Jesus. Isaiah 61, remember? And I won't turn to it now because you all know it. If you don't, go there and read it. There's an exchange that takes place. Beauty for ashes. There's an exchange, and there's an exchange here. As they pass through that place, it becomes a source of spring water. That is my prayer today. That is my prayer today. That we would hear that God, you know, knows everything that we go through. He understands that we've been going through battles. That he understands we've been tired. He, he understands that. And that he's, that he's sending reinforcements on the way. To say, I want you to keep standing. And I want you to keep believing. And I want you to keep persevering. Because on the end of perseverance is breakthrough. Amen? And when the enemy tries to come at you, you just shut that frequency out. And you go, and the word of God says, or the prophetic word was this, don't ever doubt in the darkness what you heard in the light. Amen? gave him the nod. I had a song running through my head this week. It happens a bit, doesn't it? A song. You get a song. And the song was, There is a Cloud. There's some really powerful words in this song. To me, it's a prophetic song. It, it, to, me, to me, it speaks of Elijah in the cloud. The hoping for the promise. The belief and the faith in the promise that is to come, amen? Well, you'll see it when you, when we, when you sing it. And I, I was praying this week and I thought, Lord, should we, should, we, should we sing that? And it just kept coming the whole week and I thought, no, that's no, all right. We'll just won't sing that. And then this morning, I got a text from Katie Barker who, just, who simply said, praying for you guys as you gather today, the song that the Lord gave me for you was there is a cloud. God is so good. So we're going to sing that. And we're going to minister with that. And we'll see what else we need to do. But I really feel that it's a time to be encouraged in God and to get that vision sharp again. The vision of the church of Jesus Christ coming together in Bundaberg. The, the vision of the body becoming connected. The vision of families being restored. The vision of streets being filled with singing and joy. 
with the declaration, look what the Lord has done. Close any gap that needs to be closed. Don't let the enemy have any access. No access. And let's finish what we've started. Yep. Yeah? We finish what we start.